Amen. Nah, no, nah, I wasn't expecting it at all. Come out of the boat. Wee. Um, what an awesome time. What an awesome time of worship together. Um, feel a little bit of pressure getting up preaching after news. Um, awesome work there. Man, wait. You know, you might have trouble turning on the mic, but when it's on, brother, yeah, it's on fire. That's awesome to see God using people's gifts, man. Um, my message is called We Shall Overcome. And uh, it's really interesting. When I was putting this together, I thought, there's so many things that I've had to overcome in this world. So many, and, and same with us. Um, I had to overcome some things straight at birth. I remember the, the moment I was born, um, I was an extremely ugly, I was an extremely ugly baby. Mm. I usually pause there because I know we're in a room full of faith-filled people, but that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. I mean, I was ugly. I mean, I was ugly. I had no hair. I had no eyelashes. I had no eyebrows. And you know, you might say, Richard, you weren't even an hour old. How can you know you're that ugly? Mum told me. Constantly. Mum told me. And there was a story. There was a story in our family and it was about when I was very first born. And so when I was very first born, mum looked at me and cried. <laughs> now you're starting to get an understanding of the ugliness, eh? My mum cried when she see me. And so she was crying. And the lady next to her, the lady next to her goes, oh, are you all right? Are you all right? And mum goes, yeah, I'm okay. She goes, oh, why are you upset? She goes, it's just that my baby's so ugly. And just started crying. Well, then this lady goes, No. My baby's ugly, okay? No, no, you want to see my baby, how ugly my baby is, okay? And so they compared, okay? And I just want to let you know, I won. I was a winner, I was a winner. And that's, that's two things that it taught me straight out, straight out of the womb, that God called me to be a winner and he called me to be an encourager because that lady was wrapped that, that I was uglier than her baby. <laughs> hey, let's be honest, she was, she was stoked, so, you know, we just got to over, you know, you got to overcome a lot of things, eh? you got to overcome so much. And I know we all have our own personal battles. Um, and even putting this word together today was quite challenging. And, um, yeah, to be honest with you, it's because my mind was racing everywhere because there's so much to speak about these days. You know, um, it's, it's so important to speak. The word. There's never been a more important time to speak the word of God, to speak the truth, to speak the gospel, to speak the good news, to speak the answers. To speak the solutions, there's never been a more important time than now for the world to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. That, that is it, man. That is it. And, and you know, it was challenging put it, putting it together, but the word itself is challenging. The word itself, it's challenging. Let's think about it. If Jesus said some of the things to me that he said to Peter, I think I would have cried. Hey, he was harsh, man, some of the things he said. You know, but here's the thing. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it said it divides. It divides the soul and the spirit. Okay, now I want to do a little thing here because people get mixed up with the soul and the spirit. They think it's the same thing. The soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. So it's your thoughts, it's your decisions, and it's your feelings. The spirit is totally different. Because the soul, what's the soul? The soul is self. So what the word is doing is it's dividing yourself and your own opinions and everything you think from the spirit. And that's what we need to do. We need to be hearing the spirit of God. 
Because your mind will lie to you. Your mind will throw you all over the place. You know, and it says, it says in the word, Isaiah 55, 8, 9, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So I don't want my thoughts. I know where my thoughts get me, get me in trouble. I don't want those thoughts. I want to know what God is saying to me at this very moment. And I felt this, I felt this weight. It wasn't like an ugly, yucky, heavy weight. I just felt this weight of um, responsibility when, when putting this word together. You know, I've, I've, I've watched people preach from this pulpit for the last 25 years. I've watched Pastor Don and Pastor Robin preach powerful words. I've watched all our preachers preach powerful words. I've watched Western Carrier be up here. You know, I've watched um, Dr. Steve Gray. I've seen so many powerful men speak the word of God. I've seen lives changed at the front here. I still see some of the tear stains from when I got delivered. You know, God's working, man. God is working. You know, and... Um, I'm really excited about what he's doing. You know, I want to seek God's thoughts, okay? God's ways are higher than mine. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I want to seek God's thoughts for me now, at this moment, at this very moment, because I don't want to miss what God's doing. I really don't want to get caught up and distracted. And Pastor Matt spoke about it the other week. I don't want to miss what God's doing. I really don't, and I know you don't either. So here's a goodie. Jeremiah 29, 11, Okay? Oh, yeah, oh, hey. Oh, it's a goodie. Okay. Here it says here, for I know the thoughts. Hey, God's thoughts are higher than ours, and he knows the thoughts that he's got for us. That I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Hey, thoughts of peace. Doesn't seem to be much peace at the moment. You know, even in the Christian world sometimes, it doesn't seem to be that peace. You know, thought of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But here's this bit. Because then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. We're not going to find Jesus on the news. We're going to find what the world wants to tell us on the news. We're going to seek God. What's God saying? What is God's? Because guess what? God's not always obvious. God is not always obvious. Okay, anyway. I was reading about God's plan for me. Hey. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. Um, but this is a plan where God goes before me and straightens out crooked paths. This is a plan in Deuteronomy 24 where he fights for me and leads me into victory. You know, this is the God that's putting my plan together. He, it's a plan that God himself watches over to perform. God was watching over me as I've got this word ready. He watched it right the way through it, right up to right here, right now. God is watching over me. He's watching over you guys. I'm just personalizing it. He's watching over me to perform his word in me and through me. Amen? Yeah, I thought it was going pretty well. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a plan that he watches over to perform. It's a plan where he makes a way where there seems to be no way. It's a, it's, it's a plan that makes a way that sometimes doesn't seem the way. This is why we're going to be in tune with the Spirit. God's not always going to be obvious He's going to be personal if we seek him, if we pray, him, pray to him and seek his face. We'll find his will. We'll find his will. And amongst all the chaos and amongst all the mess, you will find the will of God, the perfect will of God. And you'll be at peace with every decision that you make around everything. Yeah. He makes a way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That shows me that if you know the truth about Jesus, then he will show you the way to life. 
simple as that. We just need to know the truth. And, and the, truth is, the truth is in the Bible, 100%, 100%. And then once we know that, then God will show the way to life. You know, I, I look at the plan when I was putting this together. Your plan is like you've got a, 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 a starting point and you've got a destination. But the, but the whole part's the plan. The whole journey, the whole getting there is the plan. It's not like, oh, I get to this destination, it's done. That destination, when it's done, is heaven. Hey, that's heaven. But it's a journey there. And I was looking at it. You know, when you're driving to a destination, I had to drive the other day. There was a car crash, eh, Pastor Peter? And we had to drive. There was four hour, four hour delay. Five hour? How long did you wait? Five hour delay. So I'm coming from Wellington. And people are ringing me going, mate, the road's closed. So I actually ended up going over the hut, over the Rimatakas, and I took another, another path. So this is the thing about it. You know, when you were on a journey, you might have detours. You might have wrong turns. You might have roadworks. It could be a car crash. It could be all sorts of obstacles and challenges from you getting to that course. And it may change the course. It may change the way you get to your destination, but it will not change the plan of God. You know, it won't change the destination. You think about it, GPS. What happens when you put in a GPS and say you're going from here to Wellington and you take a wrong turn? It recalculates to get you back on track. Amen? It recalculates. And that's like God's positioning system. We take a wrong turn. God goes, oh, man, not down that way. Not down that way. You meant to go the other way, you know? And he goes, oh, how do I get him from there to there? Oh, I'll recalculate, and I'll get him back on the highway. I'll recalculate. You know? And here's the thing. Um, when you take down that different path, it may be a harder path. It may even seem like this is the wrong path. This is a hard path. But God has things down that path that you need to pick up. God has work that he wants to finish and complete. And it says in the word, everything that was meant for our harm, he turns around for our glory. So even if I'm down that wrong track, he's going to use that. And there's going to be things sometimes down that, that side track that I take that I learn and that I pick up through going through and enduring that I would not have got if I just stayed straight. Does that make sense? Oh, I'm going to back it up with a scripture then. You, you, you look like you don't believe me. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm bringing out the heavy stuff, mate. I'm not standing up here with just, just my thoughts. We know the Word of God, life-changing Word of God. Whoa, I'm getting excited. Um, here's James 1, 2-4. My brothers and sisters, you will face all kinds of trouble. When you do, think of it as pure joy. Hey, well, that's a bit of a stretch. Hey, that's a bit of a stretch. Hey. Now, now, what God's saying there, what God's saying there is not, yay, oh, oh things are going wrong, Awesome. Oh, things are falling apart. That's massive. What he's saying is joy is a deep sense of well-being regardless of circumstances. So no matter what you're going through, you still have joy. See, if I'm happy, I can be sad. Hey, if I'm happy, I can be sad. But if I have joy, try and move me out of that one. Try and move me out of that one because no matter what, I have a sense of well-being that God's got me in the palm of his hand. He's got my plan under control and he's unfolding it. And sometimes I get to parts of the plan and I'm like, nah, man, that's, that's not how it's meant to go. But God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So anyway, your faith will be tested. Man, faith ain't real till it's tested. Oh, yeah, we have all the faith in the world, but if you're not getting tested with it, then 
Might as well just sit there. Yeah. You know, I'll finish the scripture first. Your faith will be tested. You know that when this happens, it will produce in you the strength to continue. Okay? And you must allow the strength, get this bit, you must allow the strength to finish its work. Okay? Sometimes you're in trouble when it's like, God, get me out of this. God, I just want to get out of this. You want to run away from it. It's no, God, get me through this. Because once you go through this, there's things you learn and things you pick up for the next test. This is a long scripture, eh? Um, it will produce in you the strength to continue, and you must allow the strength to finish its work. Then you will be all you should be. You will have everything you need. So now, if I didn't go down that path, there might be things down that path that I, would not, that I needed. I needed those things. It might not seem like the way that I wanted to go, or even the way that it seems. God is not obvious. God is not obvious, and God is not all hugs and kisses here. Yeah, but to throw a bit of correction in there sometimes, you know, and because he, he's trying to strategically just move us, get us on track, and get us going forward. That's what he's doing. You know, there's things that we lack in us. There's things that we need to mature us and strengthen us that we could have only got from going down that side track. You know, I, I'm going to be really interested in, in when I get to heaven finding out what God didn't let happen. Hey, what he didn't let happen. You know, I can sit there, you know how I put my hand up, I've had, a, I've had a moan, I've had a moan, hey, oh Lord, are you joking? God, are you, are you serious? Oh, poor me, woe is me, this is happening to me. You know, but then I spit it on its head and go, man, what has God stopped from happening? What has he stopped, man? And what has he done in my life? And then that brings everything back together. I'm going to do a little story here, okay? Uh, and it's to do with my daughter. It's a pretty personal story, but I think it fits in really well with this message. And when I was putting it together, I just could not stop thinking about her. Um, so her name is Tia, and uh, she's our youngest of five. All five children have grown up in this church. Um, yep, children's church leaders have the physical and uh, mental scars to prove that. Um, but no, my five children were raised in this house, man, and love this church. And I've got two of my grandsons here today, man. Legacy. Beautiful. But anyway, our, our, our family's always been into sport. So we've always been pretty sporty. And, and with my kids, they all had to do a sport. Um, and, you know, one of my daughters, she ended up going to Germany for the World Games for uh, equestrian. Um, one of my sons, he's, he's just got his blue belt for jiu-jitsu, and he's training really hard. Um, one of my sons has got the local um, title for fighting down at the pub. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, you laugh, but hey, he's worked hard for that, man. He's worked hard for that. Um, and Tia Brown's a, a, a rugby player, a rugby player, man. And I'll tell you what, remember that name. I remember when she was young and she started playing touch and she was fast. And I remember looking at her little legs going, man, she's fast. And... Um, but then I was, is she fast, you know, because then she played touch and we could see she was. And from touch, at nine years old, the coach said, hey, have you ever thought about playing rugby? And Tia said, oh, no, I'd like to. She'd come home, she said, Dad, I'd love to play rugby. I was, oh. So the guy rings me up and he said, oh, she's got to play with the boys, okay, because it's only boys rugby at under nine. So for four years, she played for our local Para Primary Rugby Club, uh, played against the boys. And then in... Uh, 
she started college, Carpenter College, and um, I decided to jump on and help and coach. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to coach your own kids, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's challenging, eh? It's challenging, eh? Because let's just say my kids are high-spirited. We'll just, hey, we'll say, hey, we'll say it in a nice way. They're very high-spirited. Um, but anyway, I started coaching, and Tia started having some real success in rugby, man, and she started getting some exposure. And, um, you know, a whole load of people started chasing rugby opportunities, and they started taking their kids out of Carpenter College and going to all these prestigious rugby colleges. And I had said to Tia, look, I don't feel like that's what we need to be doing. Um, you know, you're, you're 14 years old. <laughs> you know, like, let's just not chase this. Let's, let's, let's build on this first. And so, so she trusted me and she listened. And we had a whole lot of people going, oh, you should send her here and you should send her there. And, you know, they all had an idea for the plan of your life, but we said no. And, you know, Tia trusted us, man, trusted our decisions, and she was really good. And then last year, it's her last year of college this year, year 13, um, she graduated. She's graduating next week, which is awesome. Um, but she she got she got a lot of no, she got noticed and she got a lot of exposure at 17 from the Wellington Rugby Union, and then um, we got the, the Wellington Rugby Union got hold of us and said, oh, we're really keen for her to sign her for the Wellington Pride, which is the women's team, and then they said, oh, and we'd put her in this high performance academy, and I was like, wow, and then they came back and said, oh. Canterbury Performance Institute for Rugby are interested in her. And so I'm just like, I'm living my dream. I'm like, oh, holy, this is, oh, man, you know, like, I'm like, this is awesome. And so there's all this, you know, she's, and I've watched this girl, I've watched the sacrifices that she's made when all her friends are off out and she's staying home because she's got training the next day. I've watched her work hard. I've watched her push herself, man. I've watched her train and I've watched her go hard and she's on the verge of breakthrough, and we're just so excited, and we're just sitting there going, finally, after all these, this work, you know, because she's been playing rugby for eight years, you know? She's only 17, eight years. She had worked out she was going to go to Vic Uni, and she's going to do this thing, and then she was going to go to the rugby, and we had her whole year mapped out. Anyway, uh, in September, mid-September, we were, we were practicing for a game against um, Wellington under-18 Samoan team and just practiced and running around, and Tia went down. And I was over on the corner, and I saw her go down, and I just went on, and just carried on talking, because she always gets up, you know? And then I looked back 20 seconds later, and she still wasn't. And so I started walking over, and as I walked over, she'd gone down, and her knee was dislocated, and it was one of the ugliest... I won't describe the dislocation, but I'll, I'll give you an example. I walked over, I took one look at it, and I just put a blanket over it. I just didn't even want to see it. It was so far out. We had to wait there for 45 minutes for an ambulance. You know, a situation like that demands a response. And the strongest response you can give to anything is faith. But see, faith isn't an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. Because what's the other option? Fear? Worry? Do you know what I heard? Worry is, is interest paid in advance on troubles that may never happen. Hey. And we pay it every day. We pay it all the time. But worry. That's why God says don't worry. Because why? Our bodies aren't designed to carry worry. Our bodies aren't designed to carry stress. 
and they're not designed to. God doesn't do that because he's just going, he's saying it, he's saying it for our own good. Everything in the word is for us. So anyway, the knee's dislocated, goes out. Um, you know, at first I was just focused on her, but once we, she'd had the op- we got her to the hospital and she, as soon as they got that green whistle in her, um, which is the painkiller, man, she, the party started. Um, the ambulance driver heard all my life story <laughs> on the way up there. But anyway, once she got settled, I started thinking to myself, come on, God. Well, you know, like, I was trying to make sense of it. I was like, man, this is meant to be. This is meant to be. This is where we're headed. This is what we've been working for. This is what we've been, been, been believing. This is what I know is going to happen. And then why has this happened? You know, and even people would say to me, you know, what, what do you think happened? I don't know. I don't know. God's ways are higher than my ways. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know, and even in, even in the bad, God can make something good. Everything that was meant for our harm, he turns around for his glory. So I'm sitting there going, right, let's make sense of this. I was sitting there, I'm going, let's make sense of this. And I was like, well, hang on. You know, I've just got to, I've got to, we've got to refocus. We've got to refocus, you know. At the end of the day, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't care about rugby at that stage. Um, as far as my daughter being well, I just wanted to be Okay. And then once everything settled down, we're like, oh, we need to refocus. Well, anyway, that was eight weeks ago. Okay, it's eight weeks since it happened. And um, it's been really interesting because the report that first came back is the surgeon said, we were talking, we start, this is on the first night, and we're talking about rugby, and he goes, oh, I don't think that'll be happening. Hey. I was like, well, mate, you, you better not be the surgeon then. Because hey. I'm not believing that. And I'll give, him, I'll give him credit, man. He turned around to me and he goes, oh, what are you believing? And I said, I'm believing my daughter's going to be running fit and playing rugby again. He goes, oh, well, that's the plan. That's the plan, you know? So he got on board with that. So to me, that's God's favour. God gave me two scriptures. One was James um, 1, 2 to 4, the one where, you know, everything has a purpose for going down that path. Um, and I held on to that. The other one was that God would go before me and straighten out crooked paths. Okay, so... The reports just kept getting better and better, better and better. So the surgeon came back uh, the next day and said, oh, it's actually uh, the ACL's intact, which we thought had been torn. Oh, cool. Then he came back not long ago and goes, oh, the lateral one's okay as well. It's just the PCL. Okay, so the report's getting better and better and better. And then he goes, oh, we got a, we got a sports surgeon, a specialist sports surgeon, man. Like, let's be honest, if I did my knee... Mate, I'd get, they'd give me someone like Dr. Doolittle or Dr. Zeus. Hey, I'd get Dr. Zeus and they'd just, they'd just tie it together with an old sock, you know? Hey. They'd be like, oh man, what do you need your knee for? Hey, you know? So, but with Tia, Tia, she got a specialist surgeon. They, they grafted a brand new tendon onto her. Um, you know, and there's a lot of expense in that, but she's just, it's just been amazing. Anyway, there's a point to the story, which I'm going to start bringing around now and wrapping up. Um, you know, with everything that went, and we just went, this is the worst thing that could have ever happened. There's so many hidden blessings in this. There's so many things that have come of this incident. The first thing that's come of this incident is Tia's faith 
has gone through the roof. Why? Because crisis deepens dependence. When you need God, man, hey, hey, you're a lot more serious about it when you need God. And I'll, I'll, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight myself, man. I've prayed far harder and far, with far more fervor for this, man, you know. And, and, and that's, you know, like, I'm not proud of that, you know. You should apply it to everything. But, you know, this, this here, man, this was my daughter, you know, and crisis deepens dependence. So I've watched her. I've watched God turn up for her. I've watched God reveal himself and show himself strong to her. I've, I've come home and had her go, Dad, you know how we prayed for that yesterday? Or this? Yes, it happened. Dad, this is good. Dad, and she's glorifying God. Because the reason why is that you can, you can learn about God, you can read about God, but until you experience the goodness of God, you have no idea how, God, how good God is. No idea. He has been so good, so good through this whole thing. This whole thing, I feel like he's just held me in his hand and he's strengthened me, he's strengthened Tia, he's strengthened our family. I'm watching Tia just with this resolve. I'm watching her, man, just, the, this chick's tough, man. I'm telling you, this chick is tough. And I'm watching her with her determination. You know, everything that's happening, God's still turning up. We needed a physio. I said, I want the best physio I can find. And we went, we, we went to some people and we asked and we asked everywhere. And then we finally, uh, a lady from the Blackburns got hold of us and said, you need to see this guy. This is the guy. You have to see him. And I'm like, cool. So we get on the website and then, and and, oh, and the lady said, look, he's really heavily booked. He's booked up though. He goes, but you might get one of his girls and they're really good. Mate, we jump on the website. I'm reading his bio going, Holy, this is the guy, man. And I'm just, in my heart, I'm like, I want him, God, I want him. And do you know what happens? We're sitting there going, all the, all, the, all the information is saying, no, he's heavily booked. We scroll down, my wife's best friend's sister-in-law is his PA. You know what I mean? God goes before us and straightens our crooked paths, man. And that was the most encouraging thing for me because it, 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 it confirmed me that God's on the case. It confirmed that we're going the right way. It confirmed that we're on the right path. You know, and so we get booked in with him. We ring the lady. She goes, oh, yeah, look, he's really heavily booked, but fortunately I do the bookings. When do you want to get in? Now, how good is God? How good is God? You know, and this is the thing about it. So, so just to recap, sometimes you might feel like you get knocked off down the wrong path, but God's with you. God is always for you, you know. There's things down that path that, that, that are for your good. It might not be good what forces you down that path, but there'll be things down there that you look for. Straight away when this happened, and I was trying to make sense of it, I said to God, there's something in this, man. You must have something for this. You must counter this. You must combat this. See, that's what God does. He doesn't argue with the world. He, he combats them, man. Because the world tries to counterfeit everything God does. So, in finishing... Yeah, I'm finishing. You know, tests come. I'm going to use this last scripture, Romans 5, 3 to 4. And it says, not only, um, so, but, but, but also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Right, I'm going to start with character. Character is the foundation of success. If you've got character, man, that's the key thing. 
You want to get, as, as a human being, get some character about you, man. Okay? And here's the thing. When you go through a test, your character at that, at that exact time is revealed. Okay? It's not built in that time. It's revealed at that time. But as you go through that test, it is built for the next test. And this is the thing. This is why we shouldn't run away. Shouldn't shy away from challenges and tests. Every single challenge to me now is an opportunity to succeed. An opportunity to overcome. An opportunity to show that the power of God will humble anything. And so it's almost like my perception and perspective has changed. The other thing, just off, off topic too, but something that God did in me, man, was he gave me a lot of patience. A lot of patience, man. When you've got a 17-year-old girl that cannot move, mate, with a bell, <laughs> hey, and, you, and that bell's getting the clangers rung out of it, hey. But here's, so, so character is built. See, tests come, and they reveal our character, but it builds character for the next test. And here's the last thing I want to say, and this is, this is to do with Tia, but I want to apply it to, to anything. You can apply this to anything. Once you find the right path, once you're facing the right direction, once you're going the right way, you speak life all over that. You speak faith over that. You speak things into, that don't exist as though they do, and you speak it into existence. You know, for me, this is one thing. I've, I've always needed some boxes ticked for Tia as a rugby player, not physically. Man, physically, she's amazing. But there were some other little areas, you know, and one of them was mental. You know, the mental strength. And I've watched what God has done with her and how he's increased her strength mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Not financially, I'm still covering that. But in every other area, man. And now physically too, because this girl's body is responding like nothing before. And the reason why is because her mind's engaged, her spirit's alive. She believes in the stream and this is her path. So as far as I'm concerned, man, my daughter is a black fern. She just hasn't played yet, you know? And what she's learned from this has made her stronger, so much stronger, and, and so much closer to God. So what I'm trying to say is it's not always the, don't run away from the challenges sometimes, man. Sometimes we've got to embrace them because God's trying to work things out, eh, through us. Amen? Can I get the band up just to, to finish up? Man, you guys have been really good. Been really well behaved, eh? A little bit, of, little bit of nonsense going down the front here, but that's right. Nah. You know, God knows what you, what you need. God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what to do. But it says, man, pray to him, seek his face, and find his will. 